I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Never seen the sky so blue it's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes. The number to call, phone lines are open, 801-575-8255, or you can text us your questions at 57500. We wanted to start the hour and talk about controlling bindweed. It's one of those questions that you probably get, I don't know, a hundred times a week. It's in the top (laughs) one or two asked questions consistently on the show and in the extension offices on where it comes from, how do I get rid of it? And it's a tough one. It's a tough one because the roots to the bindweed go so deeply into the ground that you have to keep on it. You really do. Um, bindweed is native to the Middle East in climates very similar to the American West. And so the Middle East, you know, everyone thinks it's just this big desert, but high elevation areas in Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia have forests very similar to our Southeast. Mm. And so there are areas with a lot of moisture and areas of desert there. And so it's a very you know, a lot of desert, but a very varied topography, I guess, with what grows. And so the bindweed native to the Mideast is accidentally um, introduced into North America through agricultural shipments. Mm. And this happened probably 1900, 1910, 1920. It established itself enough through the American West. And so California into Colorado and those states in between Texas, West Texas, New Mexico, during this period of time and during the Depression, there were many farms lost to bindweed because they couldn't control it. There were no products available that would get it under control. And, you know, they couldn't cultivate it. They couldn't mow it because it would just, the name bindweed, it would, because of their equipment only being powered by a PTO or just as the wheels turn, their gears in there, they weren't powerful enough to cut through it. And so a lot of farms were lost to bindweed. And so 
modern technology through the 60s and 70s have made a lot of progress on being able to manage bindweed, but it's still something that it's always going to be with you. You know, that trick knee that every 10% of the time all of a sudden gives out or, <laughs> you know, bindweed is just always going what to be with us. And so that's a little bit of the history on it. But what do you do about it in your yard is the question that we're usually getting. And so in the lawn, that's probably going to be the easiest place to control it. 10 or 15, about 10 years ago, there was an herbicide called quinclorac introduced that you can spray in the fall and it doesn't kill all of it, but it will eliminate 60, 70% enough to where in the spring you see less of it and you consistently use this. And again, our, our longer term goal is focusing law on lawn health because bindweed won't outcompete a healthy lawn. You might get a sprig here and there, but it just won't do it. And if you have bindweed going crazy in your lawn, it's because of the lawn being unhealthy. So, but the quinclorac sprays sprayed in the fall will do a pretty good job. But then we have flower beds and vegetable gardens. <sighs> yes, we do. And so that's a totally different deal. We, they are, and it's harder to control. We do have a video up on our YouTube channel that talks about controlling bindweed in flower beds. And the process is basically taking the bindweed when it's about six inches to maybe a foot long, gathering up the bindweed into a clump and then leaving it attached to the roots and then shoving that bindweed into a, a gallon Ziploc and sealing it the best you can. Then you're going to get a little like a gallon pump sprayer, one of those little two quart pump sprayers and mix glyphosate. So Roundup or Kills All according to the label and then put a little hole in the bag and spray it in there until the bindweed is saturated. It doesn't need to have a lot of freestanding water and you may need to gently massage the bindweed, tricking it into thinking you're loving it <laughs> and must get that thoroughly covered and leave it in that plastic sack for 24 hours. Cover the plastic sack with an old towel or old cardboard so that the sun doesn't heat it up too much. And just let that glyphosate penetrate into the plant. The leaves have little apparatus called stomata or stomates. And that's where the gas exchange, the water vapor comes out of the plant. And because they're at a hundred percent humidity, they're open and they just absorb and absorb. And so after 24 hours, you can take the old towel or whatever off and take the bags off and just let it sit for three or four days. And that actually sometimes is almost 100% as far as getting rid of bindweed and flower beds. Which is really helpful when you don't want to kill everything else in your flower bed. It really is. And so what I recommend people do if it's rampant is to just go in and as much as they can tear it all out by hand, just ripping it up and let it regenerate so that you have the good six inch to foot long vines, then you're in business. Right. Because if it's too long, you can't stuff it all in there and... Can you just cut it to six inches and then try this? Yeah, you could do that too. And that okay. would work well. And All right. sometimes it's so entangled in the plants you can't. Oh, I know. But if you can cut it to six inches or a foot, 
that's great. Just go ahead and roll with it. And if it's in a flower bed that doesn't have other things you need to save, can you just spray it? Quinclorac will do just fine with that. Okay. So and that. just the, the Quinclorac sometimes has restrictions that you may not be able to replant for a couple of weeks to a couple of months. And so you need to take that into consideration. And you want to get that spray in the flowers. What? You want to get the spray in the, the blooms, don't yes. you, if you can? The spray itself... If ideally you spray before it starts flowering so it can't oh, produce okay. seeds. But if there are flowers there, just spray away. Now in the spring, the quinclorac doesn't kill the seeds and it will try to re-sprout. Mm. Those, once you start seeing them come up in mid to late May, if you can get them immediately, they don't have enough energy to form roots enough and it'll just kill them. Okay. Any so, other advice? Gardens. Oh, vegetable. Okay. Veg- oh, that's a totally different deal. Okay. So this is the most difficult because I I am hard pressed to recommend use of herbicides in vegetable gardens, but to get rid of the bindweed, you may need to. I don't like using quinclorac in my vegetable garden because it can be soil active. Some of them are registered to do so, but I just personally choose not to. But what I will do is after I'm done gardening for the year, I don't immediately till all my vegetables under, you know. And so what I'll do sometime late September into early October, when things are pretty much done, is just let the bindweed go for six weeks or so and kind of fill in. And once I'm done gardening, I will spray it with a Roundup or Killzall type product mixed with a spreader sticker. And I'll spray it, and you may not see much. Maybe spray it a week later if it's still nice and green. And just let that sit all winter, and it'll kill 50% of the bindweed. It'll regenerate and come back. But if you keep that up for two or three years, keep it cleaned out most of the year until maybe you know late August, let it grow a little bit, you can mostly get rid of bindweed out of your garden. Okay, there is a fact sheet up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page on how to control bindweed, but really the best thing to do is go to our YouTube channel, KSL Greenhouse YouTube channel, and check out uh, the videos. There are two videos there. One, Ton is showing you how to get rid of it in your lawn, and on the second one, you're showing how to get rid of it in the flower bed. Yep, and bindweed is just something that is with us and always will be, and we do our best. Okay. And the number to call with your questions, phone lines are open 801-575-8255. You can text us 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
Good morning. Thanks for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Uh, we have a few questions about bindweed, Ton. One person would like to know, can quinclorac be used in the lawn under fruit trees? Last time I reviewed the label, there was really not a lot on if you can or can't. And if they do, do it at their own risk. I mm-hmm. I cannot say do it or don't because the label was just kind of ambiguous on the topic under trees in general. And so if you do, you do it at your own risk. Personally, I'm not willing to say go ahead and do it. Okay, so bindweed is morning glory. It is. But we'd say bindweed because morning glory is also another plant. Fun little plant if you have the right place for it. It's popular in Victorian times especially. But actual morning glory is an annual vine that climbs and it regenerates from seeds only, which are a lot more controllable than actual filled bindweed. But if you want a cottage garden and you have, say, like an arch or a trellis, Mm -hmm. the morning glories can be really fun to grow on them. Uh, They will seed profusely, but they are just something not used that often that are really pretty. Yeah, but in answer to the texter's questions, there's actually a couple of them because I think some people don't know what bindweed is and some people don't understand that morning glory is both a weed and a plant. So, yes... We are talking about Morning Glory, the weed, yes, yes. and it is called bindweed as the well. Official, so I, the reason we differentiate, because, yeah, the general public calls it Morning Glory. But on, like we mentioned, the cousins of it that we grow as annuals that don't get out of control as nearly as much, there's that differentiation. And then there's a group there's a National Society or International Society of Weed Scientists. Wow. And okay. in the United States. And They're I think popular, they, though. We need to yes. get rid of weeds, right? In the United States, the group here has assigned official common names to weeds because there's so many regional names for them. And so the official name for bindweed given by the scientist is field bindweed to differentiate it from morning glory so that we know the difference. You know, just for example, we have a weed called common mallow that people are like, what's common mallow? But as soon as you say cheese it weed, a lot of people know, know what, what it, it is. is. Hmm. And it's a regional name, but it's a Utah, Idaho, Wyoming thing to where this is a weed in other areas and other states, and it has completely different regional names. And so the Society of Weed Scientists said its official common name is Common Mallow. And now we know what it is using common names nationally. And so that's that's why there's we're doing some disembag... Disembag... To, words are so hard on Saturday morning sometimes. Yeah, especially this morning for me, but yeah. Disembag... Go word, ahead. I'm not. I'll just stop to act like a clown, so I can't even say it. But what we're trying to do is differentiate. Thank you, thank you. And if you are just tuning in, we have been talking about bindweed. That was the top of our top of the hour feature. Morning glory, the weed. Yes, bindweed. And if you're just tuning in, uh, Ton has put together a couple of really great videos on how to get rid of it in your lawn, how to get rid of it in your flower beds, and you can find that on. The YouTube channel, the KSL Greenhouse YouTube channel, uh, so we don't have to reiterate again. We do have a listener. Susan's on the line, though. She wants to talk about bindweed control. Susan, go ahead. What was your question? Um, 
I understand how to deal with it in your lawn and in your garden, but this is in a, a hillside of Dinka Minor, and um, it's totally infested, so I can't isolate it. I just want to. I think I should just kill the whole thing out. I would probably this fall, if you're going to do that, use a product either Q4 Plus or the All-in-One Lawn Weed Killer, maybe even mixed with some glyphosate. So we're going in you know, all the way. And um, just, this fall meaning later on? Yeah, so mid-September, late September, okay. if you're going to kill it out. And then what you could do is see what comes back in the spring and do some spot spraying and make sure you've got the bindweed under control and then go ahead and reinstall something else. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, when I do that in September, should I... Should I trim it down a little bit, the whole area down a little bit? Because the, okay. Water it and make it happy. Make, you know, like you're taking it to a banquet or something because it's so (laughs) glorious. And then after you've watered it and made it fat and sassy, then you're going to spray it. Because when that stuff's happy and actively growing, it's a lot easier to kill out than when it's drought stressed. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right, Susan, thanks for your call. Let's spell quinclorac. Q-U-I-N-C-L-O-R-A-C. So Q-U-I-N-C-L-O-R-A-C. It's it's a funny name. Quinclorac, yeah. Yeah. It is. We should bring up, Maria, before we go to break. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of people out there that just don't want to use herbicides. Mm -hmm. And if you have bindweed in an open area, you know, say a garden bed or a flower bed that hasn't been planted, you can cover it and you can use a couple different techniques. There's one technique called solarization, where in the spring you cover the whole area with clear construction grade plastic that's UV resistant. You can pick up rolls for 20, 25 bucks from Home Depot or a local hardware store and just lay that down, peg it down, secure it and let it cook all summer long. That will reduce bindweed quite a bit and that's pesticide free. The other method is if you have similar areas and you need to cover all the bindweed, you can put down cardboard. So sometimes you can get cardboard boxes from appliance stores or bike shops cut them so they're in big sheets, overlap them six inches and peg them down again with landscape staples or whatever, and then cover the cardboard with four or five inches of inexpensive shredded um, wood mulch or chunk mulch. Just you can get them from like the green waste facilities. Mm -hmm. Leave it there for a year. And that will also, it won't totally kill the bindweed, but it will really knock it back. The other method is if you can get like a chip drop, and those are becoming more and more popular, so you're actually needing to pay, but put in 40 bucks on the chip drop website or app. And this is where the local arborists will just dump the shredded up, the chipped up trees that they've cut down or the limbs. Mm-hmm. And one foot of those chips covering the area, the bindweed doesn't seem to be able to grow up through it, and that needs to sit for at least a calendar year. Okay, you have to just be much more patient. You do, and these, but if you're using the cardboard method or the chip drop, you're benefiting the soil because it's decomposing into the 
the actual wood is decomposing into the soil. When you're done, you never till those wood chips back in. You move them or do something because it'll cause a lot of nitrogen problems where you won't be able to get enough nitrogen to your plants. But the chip drop method and the cardboard with the wood chips over the top are viable options, and they will work as well as many herbicides. It's just that you need to wait a calendar year for it to work. Okay. Number to call, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse. Learn how to flip your strip and side yard with the experts at the Conservation Garden Park on Thursday, September 7th at 6 p.m. They will teach you how to add curb appeal while saving water. Register at conservationgardenpark.org. Join We Were Based in Water for a garden walk and learn on Saturday, September 9th at 9 a.m. Explore the water-wise elements of the learning garden and take the principles back to your own yard. Sign up at weberbasin.gov. Kick off fall with the USU Botanical Center. Bring the whole family for the annual Scarecrow Walk, September 7th through the 17th. Enjoy the change in colors at the Arboretum and the scarecrows hidden along the center's paths. Find out more at extension.usu.edu. Now a look at this week's quick tip. With the recent rains, I'm hopeful that everyone remembered to turn off or rain delay their sprinkling systems. It can be very hard to remember to do so. One thing that can be done, though, is to replace your old sprinkler controller with a new smart controller. Smart controllers have come a long way over the last few years. They can be programmed from an app, and they use real-time weather data to irrigate your yard. Additionally, many cities offer a rebate to make them less expensive. You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.